Ashley Banfield here, and this is Rising Tide, the place where I bring some of the greatest mentor minds to you. If you care about your craft and you want to be better at what you do, I want to help you with that. You know, it's easy to assume that you need an Ivy League education to really make it big. But each month, I feature VIP mentors who are leaders in their industry, and they say, that's not true. They're going to prove to you that you don't have to have highbrow connections to create your own personal best. And they've agreed to share their tips, their secrets, and their career advice with you. This is Rising Tide. Hello, Rising Tide Nation. Everybody's just coming in from the waiting room. It's awesome to see you all. I'm so thankful every time um, I see so many people who are so committed to doing better that they join um, a Zoom during the busy day to get advice from uh, the best in the biz. And that's what I call Mika Brzezinski. Uh, no, my <laughs> VIP mentor today, Mika. I'm so glad you're here. Let me do a little, um, a little primer on who you are, because there's. Well, I have I have 186 people on Instagram Live. Where can they get this? So they come jump on your rising tide. Ooh, awesome. Okay, so newsnationnow.com/slash rising tide. <laughs> okay, join that, guys. Yeah. Oh, 300 now. All right, I'll get offline. Tide, And there you can uh, hit the register. You'll get a Zoom uh, invite. So they'll be able to jump in during the during this session. Newsnationnow.com slash rising tide. Click in there. You can also uh, send a question. I'll try to, to, to field them as fast as I can. Um, but listen, uh, Mika, uh, affectionately known by me as Meekers, because we used to do a show together. Can you believe this? Can you believe it's 22 years ago? I can't. I know. I know. It's insane. We did a show together on MSNBC called Homepage with the, the lovely and talented Gina Gaston. Gina Gaston. Huge star in Houston, Texas at the ABC station, KTRK. Um, and we just had a blast. Um, that It just seems like yesterday. I know it wasn't, but that's how... Mika like, do you remember you had you wore glasses and um we would do this open to the show where we've been like walking do you remember that <laughs> in our outfits <laughs> it was like a like a vestige of the 90s you know god and then we did fabulous shoe thursday where we all yep. focused on hey this is the shoes we've got today it was just a light-hearted moment which i to this day love okay yeah. so you know Mika as the, the better half of the Morning Joe broadcast with Joe Scarborough. Uh, she's also, uh, apart from being just a terrific newswoman and broadcaster, she founded Know Your Value. Thank you for that. I mean, it is a, it's a huge um, brand now where um, she hosts forums and she's written, oh, I don't know what, four books now, four bestsellers, you know, on your spare time. Um, and it's really been something I think, you know, maybe you didn't call it mentoring, but that's exactly what it is for women mm -hmm. to really step up in the industries they're in and know how they belong, what they're worth and how to 
promulgate that yeah. and make sure that they're getting what they deserve. And um, it's like a another version of, of lean in. And I, I love that you did that, Meeks. Um, okay, so she launched Know Your Value in 2015 in partnership with NBC Universal and the official, I gave you the, the, the Reader's Digest on it, but it's the, it was to support an empowered and inclusive community that helps all women recognize and be recognized for their worth in business and in life, which is great. Yeah. Prior to joining MSNBC in 2007, Mika was the anchor of the CBS Evening News Weekend Edition and a CBS News correspondent who frequently contributed to CBS Sunday Mornings, one of my favorite shows, and 60 Minutes, another of my favorite shows. And then, of course, the all and, uh, you know, encompassing show that she did um, on MSNBC called Homepage way back. So, Meekers, I'm going to start with a really simple question. I, I usually like to start broad and it's what's your your best advice uh given your body of work the the trials tribulations and struggles you've been through to get to where you are now which is creme de la creme so my my best advice is is so different than what it would have been even five years ago ten years ago even one year ago because i've learned so much in the past year, building the 50 over 50 list in a partnership with Forbes. And we actually just hosted the 3050 Summit in Abu Dhabi. Um, and it was born out of creating lists of women over 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90 who are reaching their greatest impact well over the age of 50 and also paying it forward. And what we found was the first US list got 10,000 submissions and counting. We had people who lied up about their age to try and get on the list. Think about that. We're like, sorry, you're only 49 and a half. You can't qualify. But we found that there were so many women who were stepping in their power. We had, you know, Nancy Pelosi in politics, which you and I, you know, tend to be very interested in. Um, we have inc incredible women who are well after 50. And my advice is is you have a long runway. You know what? Slow down, smell the roses, step off, step on, do whatever life requires. Don't freak out about it. You have a long runway paved by incredible women. We live, we're going to live longer and we're going to work longer than we ever have before. And I even talked to my own daughters about this. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, get a job. Okay, you can get a job. You can get you can stay in law school. You could do both. You, but take your time. You know, I've got two daughters and starting out their careers and they're, they're like, who are you? You're so chill. And I'm like, because all I've been doing is rushing you guys. You have to do this. You have to do this. And now you have to do this because if you don't do this, you won't do No, long runway. Enjoy yourself. Like, I wish I had a little more, you know, and it, I think it, it makes any experience that you have in life a lot more richer and robust and meaningful and you know, attached to what you're doing and, and, and bringing synergy to your life when you can actually process everything that you're doing. And I don't know, Ashley, I feel like you and I were in the rush stage when we knew each other. We were, we were working hard, running and gunning. You were all over the world, live on MSNBC. You were just trying to balance a personal life and a professional life and this unbelievable career that was exploding. And so I know you connect with the rushy rushiness of things, but my advice is definitely slow down, be still, and understand in deep in your core that you have a very long runway. 
So I'm going to give a question here from Julie Hopkins. She's in Chicago. Julie asks, what do you think national TV news outlets are getting right while covering the Eastern European conflict? And what do you think is lacking? Um, I think that what's lacking is often what's often lacking in, in the coverage, in any coverage of any story, and that's historical context. Um, and I, you know, I actually was just pulling up a speech that Joe Biden made 27 years ago in Poland that I'm going to read portions of uh, tomorrow on the air because they're so prescient to the situation today, which, you know, a lot of um, people have different opinions about the commander in chief. But I, I will say that in this issue, he's very, very well spoken and has decades of experience and a narrative to what the things he's going to be saying about the strength and importance of NATO. Um, you know, I think historical context and on some networks, I think facts. I think that, you know, every, every, every television and news organization often has errors that have to be corrected. And that's, that's something that happens. Is, is it good? No, but it's natural. Um, but then there's, there's, there's a problem when you have a network or a show that is pushing disinformation. And that is something that we're dealing with in, in today's reality. Okay, I'm going to go off Ukraine and foreign policy for a bit here. And um, more just to you. Um, Jesse Durham from New York asks, as a veteran of the news industry, how do you think news has evolved since the beginning of your career? Well, in the beginning of my career, uh, I don't think, I think, I don't even think there was CNN. How old is CNN? Yeah, it was just in its nascent. I mean, you're, are you at 34 years? I'm 54 years old. No, I started the same age. We're both, both born in 67. I'm at yeah. 34 years because I graduated early from college. But yeah, I think CNN is, uh, it was just in its nascent. Right. And I was in local news for like the first 15 years of my career. So I, you know, carried around the sticks and, you know, the tripod and was lucky enough to actually have a, a, a bunch of great cameramen. Some people just did that themselves. Um, so no, it, it was clunkier. You know, you'd run the tape to the truck. Those are my, that's like how old I am. You'd like run with the tape and try and make air. Um, <laughs> like the theme so, of broadcast news. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now, you know, I uh, just get up in the morning and I sit down on the set and start talking. <laughs> um, so that's a huge difference. And it's, uh, I'm on my toes a lot. And I'm also, guess what's really changed, Ashley? Like, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, that's huge, right? We're that's still here. Huge. It used to be like four women, you know, who made it to 50. Um, you know, you could get them. Yeah, if. And now I've got a list called 50 over 50, and there's a lot of people in the news business on it. So what's changed is I think women are really, and, and diversity is happening, and there's a long way to go in terms of equal pay. But uh, I didn't think I'd be here. <laughs> I really thought it was over when I was fired at 39 years old from CBS. I thought, oh, my God, I didn't even make it to 40. Okay. Uh, Laura from New York asks, what's the best advice you ever received and still carry with you to this day? Um, be still. And I, I still struggle with it. But like when something is going on personally or professionally and it's dysregulating you, you're upset, you're upset and you want to, you know, fix it or say something or do something. 
um, wait a day. It's like um, dialectical behavioral therapy, dialectical thinking. One of the biggest um, things they will teach uh, for people who struggle with staying regulated or keeping their emotions regulated and not having these wild swings or overreacting um, is to slow down, to do less, you know? And um, for that, for, for me on every level, um, slowing down, even being still in the moment of something that is of great, you know, importance to you or great trauma to you is something I really struggle with. And so that's hard, my right? Under deadline, that is so hard. I know, I know. <laughs> Be still because... <laughs> It's, um, it's also like if you, you know, there's three types of thinking in DBT they teach you. There's wise mind, there's emotion mind, you know, and when you're in emotion mind, you're like, <gasps> and you're so nervous and you're thinking and you're going 100 miles an hour and your ability to make good decisions and to think of things at all goes down to zero. When you're in your wise mind and you're kind of slow and mindful, you make really good decisions. And usually you don't do what you were about to do. Great advice. Okay. Hannah Doba asks, um, are you seeing a change when it comes to diversity in the business? I was the first Pakistani American anchor and that was not Amazing. long ago, she said. That's awesome. I am. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, I see a change and I'm concerned that we meet people where they are as we try and achieve more diversity in the business. People come to the table with their talents from many different directions. And, um, you know, I think you, Ashley, know that like you know, a lot of people that, that we were starting in the business, the way to start was to go to local news and to get your tops. You know, a lot of talent that I'm discovering these days are not in local news. They're brilliant and they need a little help learning how to communicate it effectively. And they're off and running, but we've got to meet them where they are on who they are and what their point of view is and figure out how to get that to the table. Okay. This is a really good one from Aaron Anderson in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, Aaron asks, what would you like to be remembered for and what keeps you in alignment with that desire? Um, I would love to be remembered for helping a lot of women for really like, rolling up my sleeves and like really helping women. And, um, you know, I started to know your value. I don't even know when, a long time ago, over a decade ago with the first book with my own story and um, realized with the response that I got to that book that like women really needed this information about how to know their value. And that if I struggled at 40 years old, me, Mika Brzezinski, the daughter of two Eastern European immigrants who went to Harvard and Wellesley, and my father became national security advisor. My mother is an incredible sculptor. Like, if I had trouble, my God, what about everyone else who, like, doesn't have the, the education that I was so lucky to have? And, you know, develop these conferences where we teach women how to walk into the room, how to do a job interview, how to have eye contact, how, how to close the deal, how to stop the voice in your brain that makes you think you're the one who has to fill the room with words because there's silence that can be incredibly powerful. Communication skills, 
I love teaching that because I struggled myself with these things. And so I did the events around the country with NBC and Comcast. I think we did like 15 and they were packed because it's like the basic stuff. Sometimes you need the basic stuff to get to the big stuff. And I love teaching women that the secret sauce is there's not a lot of difference between you, Ashley, or me, or someone who needs a leg up. And they just need a little bit of help understanding that it's communicating effectively and how to do that. I just love that nugget that you dropped in there. I don't think I've ever heard anyone articulate that before, that oftentimes women think they need to fill the silent oh, yeah. room with words. And many times men who have maintained their mystique and their power aren't actually that mis mysterious or powerful. They're just quiet. Correct. It's powerful. And I believe Ashley Banfield might be known as someone who fills rooms with words. <laughs> you were like, when we were doing homepage, I was like, uh, uh, and then now look at me with Joe. <laughs> it's, it's full circle. No, but it's great. I mean, you're an incredible talent and you, you know, it's your job. It was your job. To, it is your job to fill the room with words. It's just so funny because you're I think very, very good at it. That is uh, invaluable advice. Um, yeah. You know, because I do think out of maybe nerves, fear, nerves. or misunderstanding, yeah, you're trying to promulgate who you are, uh, whereas not everybody, um, certainly men, have never felt like they needed to, to You're giving away power. Yeah. If you start talk, 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 you're in an interview or negotiation, you're talking about yourself, and you're thinking you need to make the person feel comfortable, because it's, no, you, you do not, you throwing away power throwing it away, just like barfing it out. Okay. Like do not, do not projectile vomit your power all over the room. Okay. You can sit back and wait for the questions, answer them. And at times you can lean in and get really kind of amped up or even a little bit aggressive in a way that works for the moment, not like incredibly aggressive, but you know, you can show them what you can do, right? That's great. That's like performing in a way that you're showing how great you could be for this company and how passionate you are about what it is you're talking about. That's great. Don't be afraid to lean in and get in there and get into it. But also at the same time, show some range and sit back and let the other person do some of the heavy lifting. Okay, so you you brought up the um, knowing your value as you were growing up and you've got these, you know, titans for parents and you're thinking, how is it that I'm struggling with this? There's a perfect question that came in from Ray Don Chong, a famous actress, daughter of what? Tommy Chong. Yeah, Ray Don has wow. a question for you. And it's actually really interesting because it brings in another topic you talked about, and that's Kim Kardashian. Ray Don asks, uh, how come someone like Kim Kardashian's work advice uh, seemed so offensive? Would it have been less so had she prefaced it with, I come from money, and even still, uh, with this advantage, I have to work very hard? That's interesting, right? Because there you were, you came from these remarkable political thinkers and still had to really work hard. There's Kim, still yeah. had to work hard for what she's earned, uh, but, but doesn't get the credit for it, maybe. Yeah, I, I think she got really misunderstood in that, not to like, you know, I I, I think that what she does looks glamorous and easy and super luxurious. And that's like the job to make it look like that. <laughs> but I think that it's, um, it's probably a lot more than you and I have any idea because nothing is easy trying to 
push a brand and and I all, all the different things she does to sort of create what is her business is a lot of work. That I am sure of. I am certain that woman works around the clock. And I think what she's seeing post-COVID is a change in um in 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 the younger generation especially their relationship with work and she was just expressing herself and i've heard this before i think a lot of people have expressed to me people in managerial positions vice presidents presidents of companies ceos they are seeing a change in the younger the younger people who work for them the people who are um over 40, 50 or 60 are coming into the office and the younger ones aren't, but the restaurants are packed in yeah. New York City, you know, and the so it's a little bit of a, you know, light humor here, but there is a concern that the ethics, the work muscles aren't there that, that some might have. And I do think, I mean, I did a post that got a lot of criticism um, that anyone who can go into the office should get in the game and get in the office. And if you can't, that's fine. That's completely fine. Then if you can get in the office to help those people who can't, but also to build your skills, to build relationships, to build FaceTime. And so I think Kim, the way she said it was, uh, I tried to say it not nicer, <laughs> but I got, I got killed too. Just, it was 10 tweets as opposed to Kim, 2 million. You know what I mean? I'm not as famous. <laughs> so, um, but but I do think that there's some work muscles that we need to we need to rethink in the years to come. Uh, you know what? That's a, it's such a good point. You're, I'm three minutes over with you, but I've got one question from the chat. Are you okay for one more? Yeah, it, sure. It dovetails on what you just said. I really like it. It's Shayla Klein, mm -hmm. um, and Jackson Gosnell actually said he wants to know the answer to her question as well. So this is what she asks. Um, I'm curious how Mika deals with the stress of news? Does she ever take breaks from the news, especially in such an unstable, potentially scary time? It's a good one, Shayla. I am really stressed out about what is happening in Ukraine. And um, this one has affected, this one feels like, this feels like the story of our lifetime, actually. Um, but I, I'm so used to covering the news that for some reason, just reading more and more about it is relaxing to me as it is stressing me out. That makes no sense, but that's just who I am at this point. I'll, 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 I'll say one other thing though, that question reminds me of how desensitized you can become sometimes when you're a news person. And um, I remember when I had little girls, um, that was when Newtown happened and their dad, uh, and I both saw it come across the screen. I think it was like 11 in the morning and he worked in local and he was like, okay, well, I got to go. And he got up and he just left the house because he knew he had to go to Newtown for channel seven. And I was watching it, making phone calls, you know, on the news. And I remember this being a conversation I had with my daughters ultimately, um, because we weren't emotionally responding to it. And it was terrible. Now I had tears going down my face as I was on the phone, but I was working. Like some people stop and mourn, you know what I mean? And then they can do something later, but we never stop. And I thought that moment for me was, was like, gosh, I, 
I've got to at some point like stop and feel things. And, and, and if not for me, so that the people around me are not invalidated by my behavior. So that was when I realized I really need to stop and talk to my daughters about the news that is happening and reach out to them. Like I'm about to do a group text about something you and I talked about just before we started this about the passing of a great person. And I'm going to get right on the phone with them. And because everybody in my family is very affected by that and um, take a moment, but it is hard. I mean, because you and I, we look at everything that happens in the world, two different ways. Number one, we feel it. But the second thing is we cover it. Yeah. By the way, I drove by my kid's elementary school on the way to Newtown to cover it as it was breaking. And I remember thinking, all I want to do is stop in and get them. Yes. Uh, but I hear you. Like, we have these moments where you want to stop and mourn, but you are under Two brains. Yeah. yeah. You put your two brains on. And you just mentioned the passing of Madeline Albright. Somebody in the chat actually made a mention of it as well. Um, oh, okay. Is it out? Yeah, Deandra uh, Lou. Yeah, so 84 years old, Madeline Albright, a real trailblazer for women and um, and for immigrants as well, of which I am one, and Mika's parents for immigrants. Uh, so it's just nice for us on this news gathering to just uh, take note of Madeline Albright's passing and her contributions to this this country and to women as well. Mika, I thank you from the bottom of your heart for giving. I mean, you're in D.C. You're busy. You know, you gave this half hour for people who are just looking to get a little of your secret sauce. And um, it's really magnanimous of you. So thank you so much for doing this. Don't forget, you can watch me every night on News Nation at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Don't know where to watch us? Just go to www.joinnn.com. Enter your zip code and the channel finder will show you where you can find us on your broadcast dial. But don't forget, we're also on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV. This is Ashley Banfield and thanks so much for joining me for this edition of Rising Tide. Rising Tide.